Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. That's the old Star Trek, wah, but wah, we're here. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Because it's next yeah. Do you guys skip the title sequence as you do I most do. TV shows we watch plenty of? Yeah. <laughs> it yes. really, I try not to because I think that that's a part of the show getting you in the mood, but it depends how many minutes are available in the time before we record. It yeah. is. I agree, Becca. Yeah. Guess what? Today, none. Negative 20. <laughs> yeah. When we start a new season, I tend to watch them to see if there's differences, because sometimes they'll update it with different things, like the different uh, nebulas or whatever they're going through. And I think there was even some musical updates and stuff, and then oh. cast changes and stuff. Oh, interesting. The theme song itself is actually like a replicated theme song from one of the movies yes, of the original series. Exactly. And then it was done like by this new orchestra, I think, when they first started the show. But I think the music stays largely the same. But you're right. The visuals mm-hmm. change in like the third season. They Hello, everyone. Welcome to, to Boldly Watch, a podcast where we watch Star Trek The Next Generation so you don't have to. We'll tell you everything that happens and you never need to watch it. I'm one of your hosts, Becca Scott. I'm Jake Michaels. And I'm Zeta Genre, <laughs> bringing the chaos. <laughs> and this is episode number 408, Future Imperfect. That's right, Becca. We just talk about the title sequence in this episode. It's an hour-long pod where we discuss the differences between Nebula and music. <laughs> this isn't Woodland War Machine. Oh, that's a great plug for my uh, Root podcast. Thank you. You should check it out. I'll leave a link in the description. No, we should keep it on Star Trek. This is Future Imperfect, the eighth episode of the fourth season, as Becca mentioned. After an away mission interrupts Commander Riker's birthday party, the first officer awakens in sick bay 16 years in the future? What? Can I just say Future Imperfect? Is a great name for anything. I mean, it's probably, I don't know if you copyright episode titles, but I want to steal it for a show I haven't written yet. I bet you could use it. Okay, I am. Yeah, you can. I I I give you permission. Some of these these words I don't think you can copyright because it's like, what is the other one? Like, family. Well, future imperfect, isn't that a tense for language? (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like it should be if it isn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Uh, that's when you put an IA at the end of the verb. Or something. (laughs) <laughs> I believed you, honestly. And yeah. I'm the English major here, and I didn't know that. Estaria. <laughs> uh, actually, hold on. Actually, Memory Alpha says, the the episode's title is a play on words. In English gra- grammar, the past perfect tense is uh-huh. used to indicate one past event occurred prior to another past event. The title future imperfect employs the converse of both words. The right. false reality set in the future created by the, which obviously we'll find out what happened what? in that reality. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because the alternate title was Tomalock's fan fiction come to life, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. In Spanish, the future 
futuro imperfecto uh-huh. is I'm going to do something. Correct. Voy a dormir. I'm going to sleep. I do love the idea that there's a whole series of Tomalak's telenovelas where he gets to yeah. interact with all of the bridge crew and have them do room. For those of you that don't get the deepest of cuts for the episode that you may or may not have watched in preparation for this episode, uh, that's the Romulan ambassador yes. who we've oh. met before wait in... did you call him an ambassador <laughs> he's no, never I mean, been called an ambassador you. you got me oh no Awkward. yeah we met tomalak uh previously right in the yes. um like a we second were season to do so <laughs> yeah well and that's for a reason because everything that was in this episode was pulled from riker's brainy bits yes yes we um, don't know that yet oh, yeah, let's, let's get there rewind it's a dream within a dream within a dream. It's Riker's birthday. This is oh, the yeah. first time we've known that they celebrated birthdays on the ship. And my really? favorite moment of the episode happens right at the top when... Everyone um, sasses him. Marina Sirtis asks... Oh, well, uh, Deanna Troy asks Will Riker what he wished for on his candles. And he gives her a look that makes her, as the actor, crack mm. up. Yeah. And he says music lessons. Yeah. But like they definitely like did this many times. This is where like take he kept four saying inappropriate things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like she was genuinely laughing as Marina Sirtis <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. Totally agree. I want to know what he really said. Hmm. But I also thought that this epitomized like the '90s version of friendship that we saw. That like quips back and forth. Everyone wants to be friends with someone that's quick and can take a hit and and also give it. So. That's how I feel about both of you. Sure. Yeah, but uh, it's also like that same vibe of like at your birthday party, you want to also perform a trombone recital. Of course. Yeah, oh. that's that's what you should <laughs> yeah. do. Just what is going on? A Why different is he... song? Well, <laughs> it's I my birthday, completely so... understand. <laughs> I'll I'll play what I want at my birthday party. It's true. And I'm going to play you... trombone poorly. You know, as a kid, I was a band kid. I played the French horn. I loved it. I loved playing the French horn. As an adult, very few chances to play the French horn. My you can birthday, come over a legitimate to my house time. And play it. I was gonna say, if you want to jam, she's got a uh, what is that uh, xylophone drum you have? I have a gouda drum. A it gouda. is a steel drum that only plays the most beautiful notes imaginable. Guys, bonus I... episode option. If you can get the Star Trek theme on there, I would love to get that recorded. There's a deep cut Instagram TV on my Instagram that's just me playing that thing for like 30 minutes. Wow. It was a quarantine thing. The entire Ah. Hamilton melody? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I was about to. I saw Hamilton last night. I was about to do a song drop, but um, one, YouTube will flag it because I will be so specifically on key. She hit A minor flawlessly. Mm, Number two, I know all the songs, and so I don't know where to start. So I guess I'm throwing away my shot. Oh. Okay, there. You wrapped it in nicely. But we're here to talk about Star Trek. We are? (laughs) I thought this was just hanging out. We did watch it, though. We haven't seen Trombone Riker in a while. I wrote that in my notes. I was like, ooh, a nice reoccurrence of the trombone aspect of his character sheet. (laughs) Hold on. What's under special skills? I haven't looked at this in a while. Oh, oh yeah, we I do this. We should bring this back in. Right. <laughs> Not only that, but it gets us thinking, what was he doing with the trombone again? Oh, yeah, the holodeck romance. Mm, I wonder if that will come up again. Mm. Oh, really? Was that the last time? Yeah. Huh. I guess well, it probably strange, was. The holodeck 
people came to life and were leaving and he meant that woman what was her name oh, the red we'll dress. remember at some point don't worry about it now yeah. anyway there's a romulan secret base nearby so sorry birthday cut short you need to away team go yes <laughs> yeah yeah so picard and data are on their way down to the birthday party presumably to watch the recital and then suddenly some uh fellow on the bridge is like hey there's some weird signals coming from this planet and so uh, that may just be the trombone interfering with the ship's sensors <laughs> so riker's called to the bridge and they're they're surmising that it's a uh, romulan outpost right because they're secret bases they're near the neutral zone they're, worried about they're not it. sure what it is and they're being so probed and they're being probed. Yes. Very notable. Uh, that's what I get on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is a that's weird moment. That's better than the joke I was making. <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird moment where, like, not only does Picard say it weirdly today, like, we must attend the birthday celebration or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, he calls Riker on the comm badge, which is an auditory signal and then Riker, without saying anything, gives a look to Worf and Jordy of all mm-hmm. people and does not say anything indicate yes. auditorily that he has received the message or that Worf or Jordy should see his gaze and follow him interesting yeah <laughs> he points to them with his yeah. finger and then he kind of like pulls off so I was wondering about this too because I also noticed this. <laughs> no I wonder if it's just <laughs> cut. I wonder if they literally don't have didn't have room in the script for some reason, mm-hmm. and they're like, you just need a shot of them visually acknowledging because if we don't have that, it's weird without context to cut to the bridge and Riker suddenly there. That's true. They pay per word. <laughs> I bet this is Frakes just being like, okay, I'll emote this with a finger point. Right. Yeah, it was cool, but <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. But no, I noticed that too. Good catch. <laughs> Uh, well, so, of course, what do you do when you don't know what's on a planet? You send three people down to check it out. No and... exosuit required. <laughs> yeah, there's gas everywhere. Not in this world. Well, that's because they have those bracelets that give them a shield on their whole body. That's the comm badge. Oh, no, that's Dune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're bringing Dune lore into we're this not... now. <laughs> now we are. Now we are. We're not recording Spice to meet you. This is to boldly watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes! Stop Dang everything! I, New I, podcast! I, I, I have to take my blue contacts out. <laughs> <laughs> that is difficult to do. They have to cover the whites of your eyes and everything. Sclera. I feel like it's an eye drop. Anyway, right. what's happening? You think they, they dye their eyes blue with food coloring? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they <Yeah>. must. <laughs> they had to. We are not must. letting you near makeup design when we produce our own movies. <laughs> Just put this in there. It'll be blue. It'll work. <laughs> so Riker and uh, Jordy and Worf go down mm-hmm. to the planet. They start checking it out. It's immediately like there's too much interference. In fact, oh, wait, there's methane gas on the floor. We need to get out of here. Quite predictably, there's uh, interference with transporting them back up. And you can see the flickers of the transporter trying to work. The Enterprise is starting to panic. And then everybody passes out as far as we know. And the screen goes white. And that's the cold open. Well, like, the, the cold ridiculous. open doesn't end there. The cold oh, right, open. Right, right, right. Because we, we get the revelation, right? So it, the screen goes white. I, I, that's where I have my note written that, that we had the cold opening, but then he wakes up in... Right. So, yeah, the, the, the screen goes the white. Sick he, bay. He, yeah, the, the lights of sick bay is what that white bright light is. And Riker wakes up, and you can't see his face from this angle. It's the mirror. But Beverly uh-huh. comes over, and her hair's, like, up in a 
like a guess a bun. It's pretty. It's future Janeway season one. <laughs> yeah. We don't know it yet. A loose bun. You got a silver streak A muffin streak there. top hairdo. And there's all these like panels that weren't there in sick bay before. And Riker looks in a mirror and Beverly says, well, captain, when she addresses him, right? Are you okay, captain? And he's like, captain, he looks and he's noticeably older and his, his combat is different. Mm-hmm. They, they do a nice amount of gray here. His beard just around the corners of the mouth uh, and then the little, what do you call the side the temp- patches? Temples. The temples. Just a little gray. It's good. It's not too much. Yeah. You know? Salt and pepper. Well, and the pepper. thing too is like they did that for everybody. Uh, but I wonder how much that showed up on like the CRT broadcast. Right. Great question. Especially whatever they did to make his eye bags stand out more than usual. <laughs> I think, I think more than usual. Use makeup. Well, got eye bags. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I was saying, I, I wonder why Data didn't have one because I feel like he would have wanted one cosmetically at this yeah, point. Yeah, right? just to fit in with everyone. To be mm-hmm. more human, I too need a streak of gray. I Ooh, too the- would like to silver foxify. Yeah, yeah, with the temples, it would be good. The new panels that they put in the sick lab are facing the bed, though. The one that he sees in the mirror, which they must have done so that they could have that shot of him right. looking in the mirror. But, like, why are they aiming these medical panels towards the person lying on the bed? It's for self-surgery. That's oh, why. Oh, yep. Haven't you heard? It's the future. Self-surgery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So medical te- technician is definitely going to bonk their head on those things, too. They're right at head level. Well, you know, there's that Scott Ridley movie where the woman, like, gets a thing out of her stomach. Alien? Yeah, well, it was Para, start with a P. Prometheus. Thank you. Gold star for Jake. Crusher uh, starts to fill in uh, Riker with what exactly is happening. He apparently has Altarian encephalitis, I believe is what it's called. Good. That sounds like it. That's it. Also, Altarian virus, yeah. Yeah, and he picked it up on that away mission Mm. 16 years ago when he passed out, and it causes amnesia. No, a very specific version of amnesia. (laughs) I'm sorry to spoil where we are in the plot, but a child thought of the phrase Altarian encephalitis. I feel like more people should have had, like, finger paint clothing. (laughs) Well, because, I mean, we're, we're... Going deep, deep spoilers. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a human kid. It ain't no child. So that okay. could have been a common disease or something like that, which is why it sounds so That's wild. what his mom gave to <laughs> okay, him before okay, she on. left. So, yeah. Okay, flashback to the present future. I wrote out a beat sheet of these scenes for a purpose. The first time I've done it. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is present imperfect. Do we both say no? This is present imperfect. Well done. Well done, hey. Becca. Thank okay. you. Let's let's stick on track here. So, uh, it has a form of amnesia, as yeah, Xander stipulates, right? And so it destroys his memories from like Everything essentially from when it happened, point. right? Yeah. And he went into a coma like ten days ago or something like that, and he just come out. Yeah, and Crusher's happily like, "Oh, let me show you your brain. Here, see." This is yeah. what <laughs> I feel like this is a memento thing where she ha- she's done this yeah. briefing for him like fifteen times. Yeah, in this yeah. that's what right? it felt like. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of amnesia that begins with head trauma and then you can't remember long term past the point of that. Uh, this is a little different. Hey, your coma could come at any moment in the yep. next 30 years. We'll see. Fun game. It's likely permanent or like it's commonly permanent, right? Right. I will say that like the the concept it seems like a believable Star Trek-y type of thing. Like if they really wanted to push a timeline forward, 
this is a believable thing to have happened. I don't know. I never for a moment was not trying to figure out how the it's all a dream would come about. Okay. Mm. I was wondering, I was going to ask you about that, Becca, because I was like, did you have suspicions at the beginning? That, uh, did, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a reset button show. Yeah. As all shows in this in era were. Yeah. yeah. But we have had several episodes where the truth of a future of a different dimension has mm-hmm. occurred, right? So it's not so far-fetched that they would do it, but I, I think... Yeah, I think most viewers knew something was up, right? Especially as we get further in. I, you could have convinced me that this was actually like he was time traveling and he would time travel mm-hmm. back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, right. that's the thing is that like there were so many avenues. Like, of course, you knew something was fishy, but the there were like triple, quadruple blinds going on where yeah. it was like a reveal, then another reveal, another reveal where all of them were sort of plausible. Yeah, exactly. We haven't gotten to those reveals yet because first we need to see... Okay, so Riker wakes up. Mm-hmm. What? I missed 16 years? Well, y'all are going to have to fill me in. Let's go pretend we're captain. What could Goes possibly have happened? Yeah, in let's go years. see. First, we meet Jordy with eyes. LeVar Burton has like the biggest eyes. They're so pretty. <laughs> he looks so different yeah. when you see LeVar Burton. Right. Like, it's like, this is almost feels like a different person to me. Right, than right. Jo- a when beautiful he puts that family. Yeah, for sure. What up, Mika? Um, <laughs> and Worf's got a, a wicked scar. Data's in a command uniform and is the first officer. Everything's a little different. There's no Picard yet. And uh, notably, also during this scene, on his way in, Riker like notices that the computer is stuttering and not and taking commands twice. And Troy says, "Oh, Jordy's." Uh, doing diagnostics or something, right? Hold yeah, on. Yeah. In the future, there is no buffering. <laughs> Let's well, come you're back. doing Put a, a level one diagnostic. <laughs> it takes time. And it's it. thorough. Okay. okay. It's a big ship. A lot of stuff to do. Makes sense. I also Just reset it. <laughs> just push the just button. Blow the cartridge. Life support just flickers for a second, then starts back up. <laughs> Uh, I could also see the costume designer from season one going like, see, I told you so. And we see data in red and we're like, he looks <laughs> better works. in gold. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. true. Speaking of costume design, the future says your communicator gets three vertical uh, horizontal lines. Mm-hmm. Big change. Xander made an excellent point about this before we started recording about how this aesthetic is actually similar to what that combat becomes up. in yeah. future Star Trek, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially, yeah, even now getting into Discovery and, and stuff like that, too. Well, they probably pulled on, they watched this. I mean, it looks good. I actually yep. kind of like it. I got yep. used to the circular badge for so long, but this is pretty wicked looking. It's uh, for those of you that hadn't seen it recently, it's three horizontal bars behind mm-hmm. the star epaulet, right? So, like, mm-hmm. uh, instead you call of that, that a circle. Star? Yeah. What is it? It's a triangle with a loopy bottom. Oh, oh. I call that a star, yeah. Sure. Not triangle we, loopy bottom. We don't want any loopy bottoms. <laughs> that was an appropriate pause for laughter. Thank you. <laughs> if you don't put your baking beads, you'll get a loopy bottom. It's true. <laughs> I'm just full of references of other things. Bake off, people. Will it be Giuseppe or will it be Jurgen? It will be Jurgen. Jurgen? You mean Jurgen? Oh, well, I remember his name by relating it to lotion. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> moving on from loopy bottoms though uh, <laughs> Riker's already like 
at this point just kind of overwhelmed right and I, as someone who has who's like going through amnesia it makes total sense this would be very uh jarring to figure out of course you're going to be confused but no no more confused like no more confused than when a romulan warbird pulls up alert, all of a sudden Oh no no they're they're cool they're this was supposed to happen. <laughs> Data's like chill. chill. Uh, oh, cancel this red is alert. Awkward. I don't. Sorry. In my time, we hate them. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I was gonna mention too. This is definitely like an allegory for dementia of someone uh, who has to suddenly remember a bunch of things that are very important. Uh, and an exploration on that, on how Riker would deal in that situation. He handles it incredibly well because yeah. later on he's like, I don't think I should be doing this. And Picard's like, oh, you're you're able bodied. You just don't right. remember. So we'll brief you. We'll brief you on the past 16 years of diplomatic relations with the Romulans. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think actual Alzheimer's looks a little different mm-hmm. and sure. is fucking awful. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the thing is also this is also so disconcerting and like you, you feel like you're being tricked a lot right. with with am, with am, with uh, Alzheimer's and dementia. Like mm-hmm. it feels mm-hmm. like deception. So you stop trusting people as easily. Mm-hmm. Uh. We open a, a hailing channel to the old warbird. And what do you know? It's goateed Picard on the other <gasps> end. I don't know how it's possible, but he looks even more attractive with this gray <laughs> goatee. With the ambassador mullet? Yeah, the Admiral. No, Admiral, the Admiral mullet. Well, yeah. yeah, he's got a little mullet. It's a skull. I think just I guess, this right? particular yeah, shot. Yeah, it's a skull. <laughs> Meaning just the yeah the the bald but kept some hair on the back mm-hmm. and grew and then it grew out. That yeah. Out. <laughs> okay, I could do without that, but the goatee, I'd say, is keep. He rocks that Admiral uniform keep. better than any other Admiral too, because mm. usually the dress uniform's a little long. It's a little '90s, like down to the knees kind of thing. But he's got this kind of yeah, but like. It, is it a, technically a scant? It feels I don't know. Yeah. long coat. Yeah, long good. coat. Yeah, <laughs> but this one's I like the the trim cut on it, and uh, Troy's with him as well. Okay, we know what to get you for your birthday. Thank and you. A yeah. <laughs> Please do. Uh, Troy's with him as well. She's got her trademark gray streak as sixteen years older. Troy. Yes. Uh, but can we talk about this modest neckline and no <gasps> eye makeup? She's I in uniform. Love this look for her. Yeah, yeah. She's in a science uniform. I didn't even notice the modest neckline. I'm glad you mentioned that. You didn't notice the fact that the woman whose breasts are always fully <laughs> visible on the show did not have fully visible breasts. Right. Good well, for you, Jake. <laughs> well, we see. Yeah, we do see her cleavage off and on, depending on like on what like uniform she's wearing. It's gotten less and less, right? Uniform so. is she wears jumpsuits. <laughs> <laughs> It's she's true. now she's, in uniform. She's yeah. Disney bounding. She color coordinates yeah. with the uniform <laughs> to some but, department, know. which is lavender sometimes. <laughs> she anyway, looks great. She looks I great. like it. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what happens during that scene so much. It's just like I'm we're coming over. We are, uh, I'm coming over. Yeah, Picard says, "Hold it, I'll be there in a sec." We just wanted you. We just wanted to surprise you in a war bed. We needed you to be like, "Ooh, yeah." We needed a reveal. Here we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go to the conference room and they're like, 16 years, damn, we get it, it sucks. It sucks a lot for you, we fully empathize. You headed all of the negotiations with the Romulan for like four years, so guess what? You're still our best bet and you're gonna have to be our main negotiator, but we got you, Mm. no big deal. I think that's one of the things that makes it a little more convincing is that this seems like something that they have prepared for. Like we knew this disease was coming and at some point this was going to happen and we're just going to go ahead with the plans that we had in place. Everybody's very understanding this world, right? 
Based on a neural scan of what Riker knows about these people, this does feel very much the way they would behave. Completely empathetic. Right. Yeah. He's on his side, there yeah. for him. Yeah. Whatever's happening in this world, it's pretty believable, even though we know something's up. Like, mm -hmm. everybody's acting like they, they would in that future. So many finger-painted drawings hanging everywhere, though. <laughs> <laughs> also, the knowledge of like Romulan and Federation secret base needs. And Outpost like, twenty three. Where <laughs> is it? Where the the uh, <laughs> what is it? The key to our defenses in the neutral zone is yeah. one outpost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If oh they no! Find its location. That has like we been... accidentally stumbled on this cave. <laughs> right, we're dead. No, no, no. That was that's uh, been years since that's been important. You can go ahead and just tell me. <laughs> I totally remember where it is. But if you remember, like you could just go ahead and say it. Go ahead and uh, I'll, let's say it at the one t the same time. Three, yeah, yeah. two, it's, one. Uh, uh, two, three. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah, just the under the side. Under the side. Yeah. <laughs> Quadrant twenty-three. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then he's in for a real big surprise because the briefing ends and he goes back to his quarters with Troy. And what do you know? Someone hey, not. Do you hey. see anything you recognize? <laughs> that Riker's horny on main twenty-four-seven. There's a horgon on that desk. Oh, oh, I didn't see, see that. that. Oh, I no. thought that's what you were no, talking I about. I saw a sculpture. It just didn't occur to me how how it's like a twisted up penis organ. Twisted up penis no. organ. Yeah, it's like a balloon animal. Yeah, that's the Horgon, and it's from Risa. <gasps> it's the statue that you have when you put it like the foot of your beach uh, chair to say like, I'm down. You have this in an apartment with children. Right? It's just on the desk. Because it's cool. We're fine. It's Riker. <laughs> Got it. I forgot about the Horgon. Mm-hmm. They're so progressive in the future that he's just like, yeah, we have sex symbols on the desks in this yeah. house. That's it's fine. Mean, it's natural. He and men were cool like that. <laughs> we're cool parents. You can talk to us. They about. had to put the Horgon uh, near the door when he wasn't supposed to come in, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come it's home. The suck on you the hang the, the Horgon on the suck. On the, on the, <laughs> the Horgon on yeah. the... <laughs> Don't put a sock anyway. in the Especially if you think it's a twisted up penis. <laughs> no, I was looking at a different item. Oh, okay. I missed something because I was distracted. Yeah. Well, Troy doesn't prepare uh, Riker at all for the revelation that he has a son. And oh, Jean-Luc? Yeah, Jean-Luc. Well, well noted. Uh, we come back from the commercial break, and of course, the first thing Riker says is, why didn't you f tell me? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, well, we thought it'd be better to just kind of... Blindside you. Blindside you with this <laughs> revelation, right? Yeah. Maybe it'll help jar your memory. It's wild that I didn't even think to ask, like, who the mother would be, but of course, Riker's concerned about that, especially if perhaps... It maybe that was my first thought. How do you think babies happen? It's I'm so gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so far removed from thinking about straights. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And, Women can be involved the in this process. Comes mm -hmm. And they drop the bundle and the stork that's does exactly what? Right. <laughs> to who? With a horgon? Uh, <laughs> so uh, little Jean Luc is a trombone player, we learned, and Troy oh, attempted. Trombone player. Hey, okay, let's not disgrace a trombonist. If you got the lung capacity, I give you full credit. His embouchure is all wrong. Uh, it's really hard to play that. Like that kid was clearly cast because he could play the notes, though, right? Like that playing a trombone. Like from the get go, what a great little actor. Mm -hmm. And he he nailed this the yeah. whole way through. Yeah, no, he's great. It's too bad he's 
an alien. It doesn't really look like. You're gonna say like, too bad he's dead now. And oh, I'm like, oh god. god. <laughs> no, he's very cute. He's probably Killed fine. in a trombone accident. So uh, Troy <laughs> le- lets Riker know who the mother was. It was a woman named Min. Min. Rin. Which we we don't Min. recognize quite yet. But she was a she was a counselor on the ship, notably. Right. Which Riker smiles at. He's got a thing for counselors, as we know. But she oh. died. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a shuttle accident or something. I can't remember something what was like the that. excuse was. Probably very traumatic. And so he, Riker like tries to start investigating his own past on the computer, but anytime he starts to like look into something, he gets a call. He has to be mm-hmm. somewhere else. And this mm-hmm. is a theme that starts to happen over and over. We start to notice anytime he starts to get angry, upset or confused. Somebody calls him up. It's like, hey, we got to You got to be down here. Right. I mean, that's the same method we employ for me in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Becca, 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 look at this. We got to do a podcast. Ooh, look at this I new podcast. What do <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> Someone Why tell me what's here? going on. <laughs> I'm trapped inside room <laughs> because xander broke his wrist playing parisi squares parisi oh, squares no. at my age <laughs> that is a violent game it is have we seen parisi squares or we've just heard is this the first just, time we've it's heard? been referenced a couple okay. times one time Worf was walking off to parisi square and he had Didn't a cool tasha uniform. play good memory oh, yeah. you two yeah uh, yeah i blocked tasha out of my memory and then yeah. <laughs> I guess they were going together. She thought it was Worf, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they both had cool outfits. They went together. Season one, Worf was just a blonde woman. <laughs> as far as she's concerned. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, let's see. Then Riker goes and meets the ambassador, right, that we learn ambassador about. Ambassador Tomalak. And it turns out it's Tomalak, which uh, the viewers need to be reminded is like this jerk from previous episodes who said he was going to have the whole of the Enterprise as his trophy. I think it was this season, though, right? Thank like you. A couple... Thank you. So the enemy was uh, from season three, episode seven. I believe he was involved. There's in a Jordy. great hostility behind his smile. <laughs> yeah. Remember when Jordy was stranded on the planet with the other Romulan, and they were both being oh, poisoned? Oh, yeah. That's not that guy. No, <laughs> it's not him. But Tomalak is the um, the Romulan who comes to rescue him, and they have like a standoff with the Enterprise aboard uh, above Got the planet. It. That's right. That's I'm pretty right. sure that's him. Yeah. And that's like, we want to avoid war. So yeah. Tomlock doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. like, state secrets. We're going to capture them both. Um, right. Okay. So that's Tomlock. We get that explanation. And then uh, again, like as he's trying to start to figure, he's like, why is this guy here? And Troy's like, that was a long time ago. He's a different person now. And Tomlock. We've heard get- that before, but right. you know, when they get angry or they, they pick up the drink again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Tomlock gets anyway. a t- <laughs> A tour of the Enterprise, and Riker's just unnerved by this. And he pulls Picard and Troy aside into the ready room. He's like, will you explain to me what the game plan is here? Because I don't know why we're letting him know about Outpost 23. I don't know why we're going to tell him everything. Well, not only that, it was specifically like, ooh, is this your tactical station? <laughs> Let and me look this around. I'm making a mental note of. Yeah. Hey, Picard, yeah, remember yeah. when you said they're always playing the long game? Do you think? Do you think maybe? 
I love the cutaway line too that Data's just casually bringing him to the back and being like, "This is how we detect Romulans when you're cloaked." Right. And then we're like, <laughs> "Wait, you didn't know I, we could do that, yeah. but we can." I was kind of expecting them to start showing the audience more of like once Riker leaves, no one keeps acting. Like they all just kind of stand oh, there for a second, like look at each other Truman or something. Show style. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I did honestly. it. That was reference number fifteen. Yeah, Very nice job. Yeah. Uh, so when he was interrupted when he came here. I think before this, he was peeking at a little visual record. No sound, please. Yes, because yeah, there's and- one thing Riker wants to know. It's what his wife looked like. But before we get to that, uh, or maybe after, we get a creepy clown coming up to oh, scare him. In and the then family he tickles record. said clown. Yeah. Right. Right. So we, we get to this. We get to this with this scene with Jean Luc because. Right before when he's when he's confronting Troy and Picard about like the plan for this, he again gets angry and then gets a call to sick bay about the broken wrist. That's yeah, when that's that happens. So yeah, so then they uh he talks down to him, they go to the um the quarters and then this all happens. And this this clown outfit is quite an outfit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, bring up what your fondest memory is. And Put it's... on your murder mask. <laughs> And I'll grab you and pull you into the chair and tickle you. Also, I love the costume like designers like note of like, okay, this is what we need. We need it to be in the future's future right. of a kid's version of a yes. clown outfit. Keeping in mind, it's 1992 when we were making this. <laughs> and the the origin of this, it is it has to be a kid pretending to be a Romulan, pretending to be a kid. <laughs> so many layers. It's mind-boggling. Drawn from Riker's mind of what a human memory <laughs> yet, would be. <laughs> that mask is just straight up from the movie Valentine, like a horror slasher film. I mean, deep down, number 16. this is all in Riker's mind. They all pulled True. from what was already there. Right. And he loves clown masks. He loves tickling clowns. <laughs> <laughs> so... As Becca mentions, he watches video, right, of with no sound of this birthday party, and he notices that the wife Min uh, is familiar. Did, did you both recognize her right away? I didn't. No. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. And no, what, I was just like, oh, I thought they were going to cast an Asian actress to yes, play a character named Min, that. and that's a white woman. Yeah. Is my thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not recognize her because her hair is shorter. That's what'll do it. I'm face blind entirely. <laughs> like that's why I had you two switched in the beginning in the YouTube yeah, video. Yeah, we do look similar anyway. <laughs> yeah, real, real, real twins here. Uh, the <laughs> the the video though, he notices something's up, and I thought it was when. Riker at the very end of the video he looks off camera for a second and I was like oh does he realize that like that's an actor uh like portraying this for this false future or something like that but what he recognized was her was Minuet of course because he loves her I guess right from the red dress of the the holodeck scene where he used to play trombone in a smoky club right Right. Wow, she looks way more mom vibes now though and she's not wearing red so it really threw me off right yeah and turns out Riker and Jordy have a lot more in common. They just love hologram women. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know if it was supposed to be the same day in these two separate visual references, but in both of them, he's really going hard tickling this child. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's with all the tickle videos? There's a lot of them. <laughs> that's the thing, though. It's like an alien's interpretation of human affection. 
right? That's a real good point. Wrong, and it's brought from Riker's perspective, and we're just be glad that it was only tickling. (laughs) I tickle all my friends when I say hello. Yeah, (laughs) you gotta stop that. Yeah, Yeah. it takes so long to get started with meetings because you. Uh, what threw me off was this is such a like 80s 90s thing or even like now if somebody is taking a video of you and your family that you wave to the camera but if you think about it there's no like camera in this instance they're no. just I thought having about that the too. party and like who are they waving to there's no lens or anything do they say computer please film this interaction we're I mean, about maybe. to have and then they tickle and blow out birthday candles or is the computer always filming in which case why are they waving that's the question i feel (laughs) like that that motif of waving to the camera was waving to your future self kind of thing like Uh you're you're saying hello to the person watching back totally i get that i totally get that what are they waving at you're right no you're right you're (laughs) right especially because it's clearly a cam it's it's like a handheld camera in some way because of how it's being uh like moved in 92 they didn't have the forethought to think outside the box of like Mm -hmm. a vhs yeah, that's true. But I will have to give them credit, especially this season, the pads and stuff. They look like iPads. There's like a glass coating over the top of them. I think one specifically in this one looked more like a toy. But uh, previously, they've looked like some like if you hadn't invented the iPad yet, that's a pretty yeah. close approximation. Mm-hmm. What's the Apple founder's name? Steve we give Jobs. him so much. Steve Jobs. We give him so much credit, but really he just watched Star Trek and completely made that product that already Probably existed. Probably not wrong. Yeah. When I make my tricorder, people are going to give me so much credit. <laughs> Becca, it's your phone. <laughs> huh? Oh my God, Steve Jobs is a genius. <laughs> Star Trek is noted for like being the inspiration for a lot of innovations. And I mean, oh, yeah. I, they predicted the future with a lot of the touchscreen stuff because, you know, TOS, as we talked about when we first started this podcast, was like, it was a lot of big knobby buttons like in yeah. the 60s and like slidey things and stuff. Terms of service. Oh, oh my God. Uh, Steve Jobs con- is Sorry. Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> the original series is what I was referring mm. to. Star no, Trek. No, I know. Well, uh, actually, just on that point, uh, someone had pointed out to me that in like aircrafts and things like that, they have the still have tactile buttons and not mm-hmm. a touchscreen because if it loses power, you still right. are able to control it. So that yeah. Was the- also, like mechanical things like that are technically easier to fix uh, mm. on the fly, no pun intended, than what it would be if there was like a digital interface because things right. could just stop responding but yeah it's uh it's crazy how those innovations were inspired by star trek and then vice versa mm. so Riker's pissed now he's like okay i'm gonna go to the bridge and start yelling at everybody <laughs> so yeah tell Love certain this. someone to shut up she's always up. wanted to yeah i feel like that was a fantasy lived yeah. um even though he respects picard you still want to do that once in a while on a hard yeah. day of work. yeah yeah, uh, he notices that like data can't do the calculations to uh, co- gotcha. like, figure out <laughs> figure out warp drive, and he even uses a contraction, which was great. Before that, Jordy, hey, you were doing that level one diagnostic right. for thirty hours. It would take four hours. In yeah. season one, it would have only took you four hours. <laughs> Often ten minutes to four hours, depending on the necessity of how long we need the B-plot. Yeah, yeah. How but, do we know he's not overestimating how much you need? Because that's what engineers are supposed to do. Buffer time. They address <laughs> that in Lower Decks. Definitely watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but then Data can't do the subspace calculation. And Worf, yeah, I see what you did with the contraction. And Worf can't. 
describe where he got that scar. And that's what all he would want to talk ah. about is this wicked scar he got, right? right? Not even the co- the whatever quadrant that he got it in. Like he expands it out to be like, just tell me anything. And Riker says, "All right, no more games. What's going on?" And Tomalak is the only one who doesn't disappear as the whole scene fades away and Riker's in this huge Romulan like space, right? Did you guys see weird frame rate stuff happening at this moment when he appears in the it kind of fades away into essentially a holodeck? There is something weird happening with the frame rate. And also they like Copy pasted uh, a Romulan in a little like glass window up high uh-huh. in the ceiling. Uh, interesting choice. Yeah, they green screened. I don't know if you noticed, but when Tomalak walks over and the rest of the crew walks over in the shot where Frakes is in the foreground, um, only Tomalak and Frakes are in that shot. Everything mm-hmm. else is green screened, but they choreographed everybody to seem like they're just right next to them. Then they dissolve that, and then you get this these two green screen shots. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool effect that, I mean, yeah, we're 30 years in the future, so we yeah, know Yeah, you can it see it, but yeah. <laughs> It's still crazy to say that's 30 years later. Don't. I wish you wouldn't. What? Okay. <laughs> You're making gray appear in my temples when yeah, you say just that. Don't put the food dye in your eye, Becca. Don't. <laughs> I will. I just, I want spice. Now, this is the point at the episode where I was like, okay, we have it revealed. Now he'll figure out how to escape, right? Mm-hmm. I was totally... In fact, I vaguely remembered this episode, but I was totally didn't remember this ending. Yeah, me neither. I was on board with, oh, it's a Romulan one. Yeah. So uh, Tomalak starts debriefing Riker, explaining all the intricacies of their espionage interrogation hologram simulation, right? Yes, we got you almost entirely. We were super clever and very evil. We just had a little (laughs) bit of lag, which you noticed. Yeah, they noticed the lag. So... Here's a survey. Tell us what we did wrong yeah. so we can do it better next time. <laughs> Why don't you go in this holding cell with this other human? Well, yeah, but Riker's like giving them all the feedback. He's like, yeah, I didn't quite believe that one scene where. Yeah, it's true. Like, Stop helping them. He's a dad at the mall that's like taking the survey too seriously. <laughs> Any chance to show how smart he was. That's I true. mean, it's very in character, of course. But as you mentioned, as you mentioned earlier, like. Minuet was something they pulled from his head of somebody he really cared for. He's like, nope, just a holographic simulation. Like, but you really loved her. You think about her a lot. He's like, yep, yep, not real. (laughs) (laughs) You're confessing a lot right now, Riker. Yeah, you are telling us so much. But I think that's in reference to the fact that the episode where we met Minuet there were real people on the holodeck. Yeah. Like, the holodeck was creating real life life forms. It was a little, uh... They had to euthanize Minuet, I guess. (laughs) Oh my god, that's the conclusion? Yeah, well, didn't they make real people and that was a problem? And they were like, "Uh uh-oh, our holodeck's going out of control. It's making real people. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know, there's Uh, like seven of those types of episodes, so I can't remember what happens here. Uh, so, like, as one of you mentioned, he gets put in a cell with uh, uh, someone we learn is Ethan, a boy who was captured, and that's who we, like made the simulation out of we com- we comprise it out of him right the jean-luc his who he thought was his child was really based on this sweet boy ethan who's so scared he can't even speak mm. which is excellent acting based on what we know will happen mm-hmm. soon 
Layers on layers, right? Right. And then Tomalak weirdly gives too much information, especially for being like a Romulan spy. He's like, I'll put you in here in this cell with this boy you've never actually met before. Ha ha ha. You know nothing. And then it's revealed that Ethan <laughs> knows that that's Ambassador Tomalak. Wait. Or wait. We've never met before. Or wait, we did. Oh, no. Well, the backstory that sweet baby Ethan gives us is... I was brought here with my parents from Meridian 6, the station near the neutral zone, which I believe we've been to before. Riker says, I thought that was uninhabited. And Ethan backtracks is like, oh, they were building the base when we were attacked or something like that. Mm. And so I don't know if that was supposed to be like a, a plot hole of like Ethan didn't get the information right. He just picked a random planet and Riker already knew about it. I'm not sure what the. I don't know. Memory Alpha says it's habitable. <laughs> Great. Well, regardless, <laughs> Riker still trusts him and believes him to an extent, right? Yeah. And Tom, once he starts to kind of poke a hole in Ethan's story, what do you know? He gets interrupted again, and Tom Lot <laughs> comes in and is like, "All right, now you have to tell me." Yeah, I went and I got permission. Now I have permission to do whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> Ethan bolts, but instead of running, goes and attacks the guard with the gun. This fight choreography happened so fast, I was kind of excusing it. But Yeah, because it was kind of cool. You saw yeah. like Riker and Mini Riker sort of going at it. <laughs> fighting them. Mini Riker. Right? Only well, they had a pair of trombones and they were just smashing people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they uh Riker gives a palm strike to Tomalak and they escape uh and they make their way down the corridors firing at Romulans and then they find <laughs> the hiding spot that they couldn't find Ethan in before when he previously escaped. For and stayed there for what, two weeks and then Something got like hungry? <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, I know we've moved on, but I am dissecting this combat scene, and yeah. <laughs> there's two Romulan guards. Riker punches one, and this child punches the other yes. to equal effect, yep. and both are knocked out. Yeah, it's That's great. when Riker should have known he's in another simulation. <laughs> Absolutely. Or he's proud of his boy. Yep. He he's was proud of his, his not kid. really his boy. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he. But then and... who's the mother? <laughs> Tomalock? It was um, Tomalock. Now you're asking the right questions. <laughs> there we go. Also, I put in my notes that Tomalock says program. <laughs> program. Mm, important it, note, yeah. Yeah. Program. So Riker hides in this space with Ethan, and Ethan starts, uh, shows him an elaborate escape plan, including a schematic he drew of all the places they can go. We find out the weakness to Romulans. It's a very strong paperclip. Paperclip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go in the in the vent or whatever that, was yeah. that leads choice. to caves. It was weird. Hook it with a paperclip, and then they were followed. <laughs> They could have just not shown like, the hook that it was open when they got there, and then they, they walked past it. it. Like, who thinks to look in yeah, that vent? Yeah, right? exactly. That's that's the move. Except for they did find him after two weeks. <laughs> well, no, it's because he left to get food. After he left to get food, so this yeah. hidey hole was okay. I right. think the TV reason is like, okay, we're at an act break, so we need a dramatic shot. And so yeah. the shot of the Romulans fighting the cage, right, is like what you get. But I completely agree, like... Yeah, that also, have been enough. there's also another layer of it's not actually the Romulans and it's not actually this. It's like the simulation pulled up from right. Riker's brain. So that's what he thinks. And work. Ethan finds it out when he's where, excuse me, Riker finds it out when Ethan slips and mentions Ambassador Tomalak. Like, Wait a second. Messed up What's kid. going on? And I did not see this version of that coming. I thought this was still a Romulan ploy. 
Right, because it was all set up to be. Right. I thought this kid was that kid, but then yeah. suddenly like, maybe he was a Romulan spy or whatever. Right. And then the whole thing flips. I think and... the paperclip was what put me on to it. I, I didn't trust this kid. I was like, oh. something weird here. suspicious from yeah. the get-go. Sure, but I didn't realize it was the kid himself Dude. we were being suspicious of so much as like who he was working for. But it turns yeah. out it's it's actually him because... Well, kind of. Because, like, well, we'll go into it. We'll go, go into it, yeah. There are those, these, like projectors that are built into the wall of this place that we find out that he's actually in uh and so this kid ethan or whatever his name well well, i wrote down his name uh was trapped here the the those projectors were making his thoughts real as well so they were put there by his mother yeah or they just were here or something yeah so what happened was him and his mom escaped and were being pursued. And mom was like, I'm dropping you here, kid. I know they're not going to stop looking for me and I want you to live. So here's all your dreams can come true, makers. And I'm going to go off to my death, but I love you. Right. Yeah, she never returned. So presumably she's gone, right? And so he got lonely for real people instead of his memories of people. So I... Yes, he sent out, he probed the Enterprise, which brought them here. And that kind of closes the circle. Riker's birthday. I don't know how many years ago this was, but it is impressive how rational. I mean, I know this kid isn't human. We don't know how old he was. But if he's still in the care of his mother, I'm guessing pretty young. Mm. And he has very astute, I guess this is all from Riker's mind. But it seems like he has a strong understanding of emotional, like mature emotional adult relationships but it's ref- the projectors are going through Riker's mind not not Ethan himself I think he's building or- yeah I, I think you're right Xander he's like building the architecture of this dream on something that on all of Riker's memories so all mm-hmm. of that in that emotional intelligence is actually Riker's emotional intelligence right right yeah I guess so I just if this kid had been trapped alone I think the reaction would mm. be less intelligent and be more like no you stay with me I want I want I want because every time I want something it appears and um but we've met those characters before and they're super annoying yeah, yeah. So yeah you don't like wasn't. that you want us intelligent and not an antagonist I guess he is an antagonist in this episode but like you want you want to have to uncover those layers I, the surprise for me was how intelligent this was I didn't expect it to be this Speaks to the quality of parenting he got before she got super killed. Here is my uh, uh, my argument for um, Barash as an antagonist. One, these projectors are probing into the mind and creating visions and things like that for this person to live and survive in, right? Presumably, then, does it replicate matter that it could eat to stay alive in? Who knows? But we know that uh, uh, Barash is aware of the outside world out of these projectors and has the ability to probe other ships. And therefore, perhaps there have been other cases where he has probed a ship to get a live person to come down here and it maybe didn't work out. Therefore, Uh sustenance happened. (laughs) So this could have been the best case scenario for Riker to have come down and not messed up and been eaten by this thing. Right. That's a really good point. And if you want to read the rest of the Barash Chronicles, go to xandergenere.blogspot.startrek.com. It's my fan fiction. Tom Locke is there, uh, just to let you know. (laughs) 
Well, Riker feels bad for uh, Sweet Barash and says, well, I'm from the Federation and you don't have to be alone anymore. We can help you if you want to join with us. No matter how many other people you've eaten, come with us. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And notably, you gotta put a base material in a replicator, though. Have we never talked about this? How could it create something from nothing? Oh no, it's matter. It takes yeah. from the matter antimatter reactor. Right, one to one. One to one. You gotta put a block into your three D printer for it to cut it down. Yep. Right. That's why there's a, it's a limited resource. It's it's not infinite, but it it can be created from the warp core. Great. <laughs> uh, and and recycled. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my favorite line happens at the very end. Say it. What? Okay, so uh, all this happens, and it's like, okay, well, now I can speak to the Enterprise. They're going to beam me up. But you know what, kid? You can come, too. And then kid transforms into yeah. a super creepy-looking alien, and he's like, my name's Arash. <laughs> Riker's like, oh god, I didn't want to see this. Uh, to me, you're gonna stay John Luke, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, Just yeah. gonna picture that sweet kid because I already said you could come, and now I'm freaked out by your one alien eye. No, Oric turned on. <laughs> Who knows? It's well, Riker. Yeah, it's Riker. <laughs> or I guess it's just very quintessential alien giant bug eyes on the there side. There was like flashing too on the inside of them. We've talked recently about how like the 90s alien aesthetic had a lot of mm. contours and ridges, right? When we were talking about the suddenly human, the Talarians or whatever. And yeah. then now we've got this return to like 60s style, like big eyed kind of gray alien. A little ET yeah. e. with the wrinkles in the neck mm -hmm. and the tiny fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Can't grab anything with those fingers. You need to get one of those finger massagers. Or the, the finger traps. Yeah. <laughs> course well thankfully we don't have to look at him long and the episode ends <laughs> and we never see them again <laughs> that's true i don't think he comes up again we'll find or out that up on the next station. yeah 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 i think his mom and he were the last ones yeah Ooh. well that was future imperfect that was a great episode again i didn't see the twist cut the the extra layer of twist coming at the end there that was i was left genuinely surprised yeah, and it was surprising and confusing, but not too much. You know what I mean? Like, there was just enough to where it was like, I can kind of believe this. Yeah, yes. yeah. On yeah. board. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a real romp through a uh, Romulan space cave. And a fun exploration of seeing this, like, competent crew. What could possibly happen in the future? What could the Enterprise look like? Yeah, it's also a great idea for a Halloween costume if you don't have time is to just do a gray streak and be, like, future version of yourself. Yeah, yeah I've traveled 16 years in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll start yeah. doing that more. It's and great. I have a yeah. disease that makes me forget everything except for that <laughs> specific moment 16 years ago. So, are you my son? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're not. I'm still going to call you John Luke. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All You'll right, we got your costume figured out. No more fear of costume parties, Jake. This is a legitimate fear he has. He hates to dress up. <gasps> it's not a legitimate fear. I don't have Boy, a phobia. Of it. Have I got a clown costume for you? Ooh, that'll really help the problem. <laughs> Clowns always make things better. It'll make people want to tickle you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> No thanks. What are we going to tickle next week? No. <laughs> That's not the transition. But I, I guess I have to stick with it. That's right. Next week, it's Final Mission, where Wesley Crusher and Captain Picard are stranded on a desert moon. Arrakis. <gasps> this isn't spice to meet you. I'm telling the you. The next episode is. <laughs> 
It's nice to meet ya. All right, we'll see you there, everybody. Engage. Also, thanks to patrons. We love you so much. Oh, Go yeah, to patreon.com slash goodtimesociety if you want to help support the show. Goodbye. Bye.